Welcome to The Contrarians, where we're right and you're wrong. The Contrarians is brought to you by Smarks Like Us Clothing and Avnio Films. Be sure to keep up with the pretentious ramblings of Alex and Julio on Twitter at JamesAlexMattis and at Avnio. That's O-V-N-I-O. Yes, this is the main theme from Star Wars Episode 3. Why, you might ask? It's simple. It's the best film in the franchise. Hello, welcome back to The Contrarians, where we're right and you're wrong. It's Thanksgiving time here on The Contrarians, and seeing as though it is Thanksgiving, we're going back to 1976, to the city of Philadelphia, to join a B-level fighter and a, I guess, bounty hunter on his journey to stardom, as we are here to review Rocky which sits at a very stout 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm joined, as always, by Julio. Julio, you ready to talk about Mr. Balboa? Oh, I'm ready to trash him. I am so angry. It's the first time I've seen Rocky, and I am furious and ready to tell you why. We start the movie in a smoky, some sort of religious bingo hall, as Rocky and another local B-level fighter are going at it. We quickly learn that Rocky doesn't really have his shit together in life, and this first opening scene exonerates that. I mean, just from the beginning, you know you're in for a bad time when the movie opens with Jesus. It From the beginning, it opens with Jesus looking down at these uh, two fighters, one of which is Rocky, played by Sylvester Stallone, back when he looked like Sylvester Stallone. His silver screen debut. No. <laughs> his penman debut, though, as he did uh, ink the script for this movie. So Rocky is down on his luck. He, he wants to be a fighter, but he can't. Re- doesn't really have the um, the heart, so to speak, to stay in it. So he works by day, makes a living as a bounty hunter, so to speak. Tracks down people who owe some loan sharks some money and breaks their thumbs. But he's just too nice. He can't hack it quite well. Rocky's just having a real tough time struggling. He can't seem to really get anything going for him. Basically, he's a loser. He is a loser. He's not a good boxer. He's just good enough, I guess, to make, like, what, 40 bucks a fight every two weeks. And, and he is the only reason that he hasn't gotten fired from his other job, his debt collecting job, is because I guess his boss doesn't pay much. He's, he's kind of cheap. He, he does look a little intimidating, and, you know, he's out there collecting from schmucks that can't defend themselves. But overall, I mean, he, he's just, he's, it's pathetic. His existence is pathetic. You know, he gets home, and, you know, all he does is talk to his fish and his turtles. I mean, you get the picture, and there's a picture that is painted in excruciating detail for at least 40 minutes of the movie. It's just scene after scene showing you how much of a loser Rocky is. And he consistently tries to uplift the spirits of those around him and continuously gives advice to everyone around him while he doesn't even have his own shit together, so yeah, why are we supposed the, to take him seriously? Where is he coming from? What, what is it? I don't blame anybody for not taking him seriously. Uh, even if you you look at where he lives, like from the beginning, he comes by, uh, you know, he looks in the bad part of town, in this apartment that's a mess, and again, he's always wearing the same clothes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they take away his locker at the gym, because he's a nobody. And the only symbol of his desire is a young lady who works at the pet shop who won't give him the time of day. So just nothing is going Rocky's way. And we as an audience, I don't understand why we're supposed to watch this. I go to the movies to feel good. And especially the girl that he likes. I mean, that is just... 
that is the beginning of my serious problems with the movie. Because, okay, I can watch a movie about a loser and not be too upset, just kind of bored. But when it comes to the girl, he's actually kind of a creep. You get the feeling that the only reason he's after this girl is because she really is really defenseless. She's really mousy. She's shy. And here's, like, a big Italian guy that, you know, keeps harassing her, basically. He shows up at work, and she's trying to be nice and not kick him out, but he keeps... He's like, basically catcalling at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's his own, like, you know, every day he shows up with a different joke, and they're terrible jokes, and he keeps, like, pushing them on her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the stronger lady that works at the at the shop has to be the one that kicks him out. But that is creepy. His attention to this girl, who then turns out to be his friend's sister. So mm-hmm. it's like the poor girl can't escape. Not Polly, even. the local barfly, who is really Rocky's only real friend we've seen in this movie. There's obviously Mick, the boxing instructor, but we'll get to that shortly. Polly is Rocky's friend, and he's just a no-good drunk. Yeah, I think Polly's the main reason Polly's in the movie is just to make Rocky look good. I mean, he's the only person in the movie that's a bigger that's, loser exactly, than Rocky. Yeah, because say what you will about Rocky, at least he's not a drunk. At least he doesn't, as far as we can tell, he he never really physically threatens. Adrian, although he might have gotten to that if she had resisted a little more. <laughs> so Rocky wants, uh, he's trying to get Polly to put in a good word with his sister, and Polly basically just forces Adrian to go on a date with Rocky. It's probably the most uncomfortable scene in the movie. In a movie where you see people beating each other to bloody pulp, the most uncomfortable scene <laughs> is this really long Thanksgiving sequence where Polly throws out the turkey that Adrian has been cooking, yells at her, forces her to go out on a date with Rocky, and then they have absolutely no chemistry. <laughs> Rocky takes her to uh, an ice skating rink that's closed, pays $10 for 10 minutes, and then she's not really even skating. She's just kind of like... And even by 1976 money, that's, he just got ripped <clears throat> off. He's an idiot. I mean, he, if he wanted to impress her, he should have just, like, punched the guy and just taken over the <laughs> ring. But no, instead, he pays $10 for 10 minutes, where he does most of the talking. She obviously doesn't seem interested. It really, the scene plays, like, she's trying to run away from him in the ring, and he's just, like, jogging. He's catching the up eyes. to her. Yep, the entire time. And then when it's done, he takes her to his place, and he will not take no for an answer. <laughs> he literally forces himself upon her. Yeah, basically. I mean, she's just like, I need to go home. And of course, she doesn't want to go home alone, but he's not going to walk her home. So he just leaves his door open. And he's like, well, I need to take a piss. You're free to come. And then he keeps like poking his head out and poking his arm out. Once they're inside, he takes his shirt off, invites her to sit on the couch next to him. You can tell she's not into it. And then when she finally has She tries courage, to leave, and yeah. he literally stops the door from he opening. He closes the door on her. That is, that's our hero, ladies and gentlemen. This guy. This is the kind of stuff they show kids in, like, you know, junior high of, like, inappropriate situations. Exactly. You never go home with a crazy Italian that's bigger Anyone than Anyone that calls himself the Italian stallion, he should probably yes, just steer I mean, clear. She was basically just pimped out by her brother. Yeah. He's like, you're going to go on this date. Yeah, and you're going to have a good time. That's And Rocky, I mean, conveniently, he doesn't have a phone at yeah. his place, so she can't call for help. And then once you think that that's as far as it's going to go, but no, then he basically tells her, I'm going to kiss you, and you can kiss me back. He says, you and me is going on a date. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, you can kiss me back, but I am kissing you. That is pretty disturbing, because that kiss ends up with them like on the floor, and I guess because of the times, they cut away before yes. any more And this was a PG-rated movie, so yeah. I think full-on rape is not condoned. And Lots of bloody fighting. Later on, that's fine. But <laughs> date rape now. That's, that's where we draw the line. Rocky's a real narcissist. He, uh, he feels the need to get every, give everyone around him his advice on everything. And the date with Adrian, in addition to forcing himself upon her, he uh, spends the whole time talking about himself and showing her pictures of himself. And 
He's just, uh, you understand why his only friend's Polly, because Polly just gets drunk and forgets everything that he talks about the right. next day, so it's like new stories to him. Rocky's just a, a real, he's not someone you'd want to hang out with. Let alone probably have sex with. Yes, it's, exactly. It gets even worse, because after they have sex, Adrian has this transformation, you know, halfway through the movie. You know, before she spoke maybe three words. And then after they have sex, it's like the glasses come off, and now she's like a confident woman. What are you telling us? It's movie? the original <laughs> She's All That. She takes the glasses off, and she's the hot girl at school now. What kind of message are you sending to shy women everywhere? <laughs> I mean, I think I would rather read it as the creepy, you know, Stockholm Syndrome, where he, she just realizes she's trapped now between her brother and Rocky. There's no way that she's escaping this life. Yeah. So she might as well just enjoy it. Sandwiched in between these two big, aggressive, <laughs> overbearing Italian men. Poor Adrian. She's really the victim in this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, you could see Rocky as a thriller about a woman that has just trapped this life of uh, boxing and... Alcohol. And, and seediness overall. <laughs> all yeah. the while, while all this is going on in uh, Rocky and Adrian and Polly's lives, heavyweight boxing champion Apollo Creed is booked for a big fight to celebrate the nation's bicentennial in Philadelphia. And his original opponent is injured and has to drop out, of course. A little too convenient, I would say. And so they're looking for a replacement fight when Apollo Creed, the Muhammad Ali character, comes up with a great idea to give a local boy a, a shot at the at the gold. Yeah, what the hell is he doing? Is he going through like the the, the yellow pages? He's going through a book, and, and he's like, "Oh no, no, no! Oh, this guy." He has a hardbound book that apparently is just like a, an atlas uh, of local bum fighters. And yeah, I mean, I understand this is before the internet, but I cannot fathom Rocky having the money or the the reputation or anything to be in anyone's book. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's a loser, so I understand that's. Like a huge plot hole. I mean, why didn't you just have... You could have just had Apollo Creed, you know, have a night in town and see Rocky fight yeah. or something, and then, you know, I could at least see that. I understand that this movie's only four years old, but still, like, even then, are we really to believe that there's just a book of, like, all these tomato can fighters <laughs> that he can go through and choose? I mean, come on. Massive plot hole. So, of course, he, he lands on Rocky and picks him, and this is where, like, logic kicks in. You're a professional prize fighter. You should probably watch at least one time the guy you're going to fight before you select to fight him. But no, he he select he makes it a race war. He selects the white Italian man to fight for the bicentennial celebration. And Rocky at this point just takes the fight not really knowing what he's doing and he begins to train for it and he's just an out of shape mess. The loserdom of Rocky Balboa continues. This guy is just terrible. I, I you can't root for him. I mean, it's kind of like when he when you win the lottery, when he's selected, everybody suddenly wants a piece of him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you would feel bad for him, except that he acts like a complete asshole. His trainer, or well, the guy that owns the gym where he trains, he Mick. actually comes, Mick, comes to offer him help and guidance, and he actually knows what he's talking about. I don't know anything about boxing, and I could tell that this guy knew what was up. And I can tell that Rocky can't take care of himself, obviously. So, yeah, take the old man up on his offer. But instead, Rocky throws a fit and starts yelling and... Punching the door. Punching the door. He's like a complete tantrum. He's lucky enough that the old man has nothing better to do than to take him back after he throws a tantrum. He's just like Rocky, though. He's just a narcissistic asshole who spends the whole time talking about himself and showing Rocky pictures of himself. Rocky turns him down and there's this big, like, long, screaming monologue that lasts probably about three minutes. And then we don't even get to hear what they say when they make up. They yeah. just, like, he just runs out the door and puts his arm around him and everything's rosy and happy again. I think that they were shooting that scene and they were supposed to make up in that scene with Stone since he's a writer. He was like, no, 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 I got this, I got this. And he goes off and off. And they're like, oh, man, that was awesome. And they're like, oh, shit. No, but we do need him. He needs to be. Somebody has to train him. So then they were just like, uh, let's just shoot him. Let's him do this one far away shot where yeah, we don't really have to explain anything. We don't anything. have to explain that the old man has no pride. It really pains. 
it's not a good picture of boxers everywhere. Like this movie shows them as either complete idiots or egomaniacs, or actually all of them because Apollo Creed is the same. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just all about himself, and like you said, he doesn't pay attention to the actual uh, logistics of the fight. So the training commences for Rocky, and Polly's there all the while. Polly gets some good uh, good steaks every day as Polly works in the the meat locker at the local grocery store. It's at this point where Rocky realizes a good workout technique would be to punch the raw frozen carcasses of deceased animals. I would like to see an episode of Mythbusters that actually tries to either prove or disprove how good a training this is, because that doesn't look like it would be... And the, it, it becomes such an iconic thing that, that the news does a report on him doing his, his famous training. The local news affiliate does a, a featurette on the training. Rocky says that it's his friend Polly let him in to do it, and the manager doesn't mind. You know who probably does mind? The fucking FDA. <laughs> this big, greasy Italian man who I don't even know if there's a shower in his apartment is just punching this meat that's to be sold to the masses daily. Man, they show that feature lasts forever. There's a whole scene in Apollo Creed's office, and in the background, it's just Rocky punching the meat. It looks like it was directed by Michael Bay, the featurette that is, because yeah, it, yeah. it's just all these different cuts and angles. One of Apollo Creed's uh, homeboys is telling him that he needs to check out this guy that's going to challenge him, and Apollo Creed in- insists on getting a cup of coffee instead. That feature ends with like Rocky turning to the camera; his bloody fists are like all over it. Those steaks would be sold later that day too. Yes, to yeah, a, to a, a impoverished Puerto Rican family, a family that had actually worked for their money. It's hard to really get behind Rocky and boo Apollo Creed because Creed comes across as, like, the badass in this, and Rocky's just this this bumpkin. Well, not just that, but Apollo Creed, in the end, he's representing America. You know, and not just because he's dressed like the American flag, but really, you know, he's all about the land of opportunity and, you know, giving somebody opportunity. And the whole movie really is about how Rocky throws that opportunity away. The movie celebrates losing. I mean, I wanted to spoil the end, but mm-hmm. you probably know it already. And it's, it's that's really what the movie's telling you, you know? It's okay to be a loser. It's okay to just do just It's okay enough. to settle. Yeah, you just settle. You know what? You don't have to win. You can. You, you just have to survive. So Rocky's training does uh, pick up, though. He, he starts to get in better shape. But he's got Mick and Polly and Adrian on his side. And Adrian uh, buys him a dog. We never see the dog again. There's <laughs> one just... shot of him running with the dog, and then he's just gone. I they guess. could have at least done something where, like, Apollo sent someone to kill the dog. Is like a, a... Make it interesting. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's... Cut its head off, put it in his bed, Godfather style, but... There's one shot of this dog, and then it's gone. And it, that's something Rocky needed, I really think, for his character to be sympathetic as a cute, lovable pup. Because him, just that grizzled, slimy Italian asshole that he is, I think. Yeah, and the, the fish and the turtles, that doesn't cut it. I mean, you don't really, you can't really get any lovable feelings from, from those kind of animals. You no, need, not at all. You need a dog. It needs to be a dog. The dog's out of the picture, but the fight eventually comes. And the night before the fight, Rocky can't sleep. So he, he goes to the Philadelphia Spectrum and just stands in the ring and kind of soaks it all in. And then goes back home to Adrian in bed, and like you were just saying, he basically goes into this long, teary monologue about how he's going to just settle in life, and how he can't beat him. I do understand that you could have that scene if you're going to pay it off later, but him realizing, oh no, I'm wrong, I need to win. But no, this is supposed to be his really big moment where he's just like, you know what, winning isn't everything. Bullshit, this is America, winning is what it's about. He says he just wants to make it to the final bell. But even for a movie, I think in real life, if you're fighting a guy 100 pounds heavier than you, and you, you know that's a reasonable goal to have, but it's a fucking movie. Like, I want a happy ending here. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, Rocky, but with that attitude, I mean, why would I cheer for you? Exactly. You've I, already given up on yourself. Why should I get behind you? That was frustrating. It was so infuriating. But here's the worst part. Once you finally get to the fight, 
the fight that you've been waiting for like an hour and 30 minutes now because it's taking forever to get here. They actually don't show you the entire fight. They show you the first round and then they fast forward through like 13 rounds. 13 rounds. And then you get to the last, the 15th round. I feel cheated. That is not what I paid my ticket for. The movie is about a fight between these two guys and then you don't really get to see the fight. It's like one minute Apollo Creed looks great, the next minute they cut to his corner and he's all like swollen and bloody. Carl Weathers looks like fucking Paul Dano in Prisoners <laughs> at one point. Yeah, and, and you know, Rocky... It, just the same. He looks like Sylvester Stallone's gonna look the rest of his life. It basically, his face just kept that shape from that point on. But the famous scene where you gotta cut me, and he's got the swelling, and they cut it to make the swelling subside. Now, like you said, you're not very familiar with boxing. I watch a lot of it. That would never happen. And fucking, they wouldn't let someone take a razor and cut someone's swelling open. They would stop the fight long before then. At this point, it's frustrating because I've already given up on the main character because he gave up on himself, so now I'm already just kind of bored, and then they're doing things to insult my intelligence. Well, I mean, by that point, I'm actively rooting for Apollo Creed to win. I'm like, all right, he doesn't want to win, then beat the shit out of him. Just show him, you know, what America's all about. Take him down. But no, the movie takes this, this attitude, you know, spins it into how it's a victory that Rocky didn't get knocked out. And that's just an insult to America and Americans everywhere. That's that's how the movie ends. Like, cue the music, the triumphant music, and Adrian running into the ring to embrace him. I'm not even sure if it's supposed to be, but it's very insulting to Italians. Hey, we're, we're here, that's good enough, right? A bibbidi-boo-boo. Fucking after the fight, Rocky, the reporters are rushing him, and his eyes are swollen shut, so he can't see anything, and he's screaming for Adrian. We cut to the crowd... And Adrian's searching for Rocky and saying, Rocky? Rocky? I understand why Rocky's screaming. Adrian should know where he is. He's in the fucking <laughs> ring. Just go to the ring. Well, you know, she had taken the glasses off. She, that's right. That's, that's what happens when you transform and you think things through. You, you might need those glasses later. The one other thing I, I would mention is, I didn't know this until we saw the credits. This is directed by the guy who later on would direct The Karate Kid. John Alvidison. I guess Rocky, you could call Rocky the necessary, like, misstep you need to have before you achieve greatness. So, you know, Stallone needed to write this piece of crap before he wrote something like Staying Alive. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, this guy, he needed to direct this before he directed The Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can see The Karate Kid basically took this formula and just polished it and made it better. Mm-hmm. It, it almost ends the same way. You know, yeah. right at the end of the fight with Ralph Macchio, Ralph Macchio <laughs> yelling for Mr. Miyagi. But Rocky is our first, it's the third movie we've done, but it's the first movie to have won the Best Picture Oscar for 1976. And, I mean, we've seen some real stinkers win the Oscar before. Um, Shakespeare in Love comes to mind. Titanic. And Avatar. Most, most movies. There will be blood. No, sir. So, it won... Two more, though, right? It was Best Picture, and then... It was nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress. It didn't get a screenplay nomination? It got a screenplay nomination. I'm not sure if it won or not, but... Sylvester Stallone. So Sly has an Oscar for this movie and for this franchise, where Sylvester Stallone was also inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. Pissed off a lot of boxers, and rightfully so. This fucking bum who couldn't even win the biggest fight of his career is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I haven't seen the sequels. I have no desire to watch them after this, but I can't imagine it getting any better. You can't. Because this is just, this set the foundation, and unless Rocky II starts with Stallone getting killed and somebody else taking the name Rocky and going on, then I have no interest in watching them. It went downhill from here until it hit number five. Rocky V is the only one that really got it right. I feel like it really told the tale of the human condition. But for this, yeah, it, you know, it, it's so celebrated and one of the most like famous sports movies of all time, and 
Just for what, you know? I'll take a league of our own over this any day of the week. I'll take uh, Goon. I'll take Goon over this. As you should. Goon's fantastic. No, Goon sucks, but this one sucks more. <laughs> t-shirts, t-shirts, t-shirts. Hundreds of thousands of wrestling t-shirts, all for you to buy. Starring all of your favorite wrestlers. Daniel Bryan, Bret Hart Goes to Montreal, Some Dead Guy, The Blackjacks, Mulligan and Lanza, Not Wyndham and Bradshaw. Wrestling! SmarksLikeUs.com. 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 Selling you wrestling t-shirts. Also available, buttons, stickers, and kitty cats. Meow. So, Julio, this was your first time watching Rocky. Let's let's do some real talk here. What what did you really feel about? Uh, th- there is two things that I mentioned and uh, that actually do apply. One is that, like we said while we were watching the movie, that extended date scene between Rocky and Adrian, that is really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that everybody involved had the best intentions, but today's sensibilities, people would be, if the internet had existed back then, people yeah. would have been freaking out. Especially, like, by, by today's standards of, like... What's appropriate. <laughs> what's what not. That's literally the kind of stuff you're taught at a young age is, like, inappropriate and not. Right, but back in the day, I guess, in the 70s, it was charming that the guy wouldn't let you go. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably still around the time of, like, women not really having a say in much. It's very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, and then the other thing is, I was pumped for the fight. I had no idea it was going to be, like, I don't know, 5% of the movie, if that. So short? Yeah, it's so short. It really... The movie is mostly build up, mm-hmm. and you really want. I don't have a problem with Rocky losing, but I have a problem with not really seeing the entire fight. I mean, the reason that it's so cool that he makes it to the end is because, oh well, you know, it was a tough fight, and we really get to see only snippets of it. So mm-hmm. that was that was kind of a bummer. Other than that, though, I liked it. I mean, I've seen a fair share of Stallone movies. This is the only one that I really care for. Other than maybe uh, the movie where he plays a deaf sheriff. Copland. Yeah, Copland. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a Stallone vehicle, but yeah, I thought that he was good in that one. Rocky is just, like, it's obviously been replicated so many times since then. Like, you see so many of the sports cliches in there, but, like, it's kind of, like, the one that started it all. And I feel the story's really good, too. It's not just boxing. Like, that's a story that's relatable to, like, any person. It's the ultimate underdog story. So I can... It works because of that, because you want to cheer for him. I mean, we made fun of him earlier, but really, you just identify with him, even if you're a lot more... Uh, uh, socially uh, aware <laughs> than he is, but it's still, you're like, oh yeah, I know guys like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, poor guy. I wish he, he got a break. He, he is kind of annoying, but it's that same thing. You, you know someone like that who's just like, kind of annoying, but you wish better for him. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I guess I, I wasn't really sure what other movies it went against for Best Picture, but it's pretty shocking considering where the franchise went and became like cartoons of movies and to know that the original won the Oscar for Best Picture is pretty astounding. I'm curious to like, I, I would pay attention to the, the special features just to see exactly how much input, because I mean, I was looking through the IMDb credits and Stallone had a hand on like all the other sequels anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I think he wrote most of them. Yeah. Uh, he might have directed. He directed uh, Rocky Balboa. Well, but that one's like the other one that's good, right? Is, yeah, isn't that supposed to be good. Yeah, the first uh, and the second one and the last one are good. But I mean, I don't know. From what I've gathered, just from hearing people talk, it's just the franchise went into the. Basically, it went into doing what this movie doesn't do: turn him into just a regular hero instead of an underdog, and that nobody cares about that. Yeah, exactly. So, Sloan, I mean. I can imagine him, like, you know, if this is breakout role, him drawing a lot of inspiration just from his life, you know, he has to have been pushing, what, 30 when he made this movie? And, God. You know, just, he has to have had that feeling of, well, here I am, past my prime, or I'm about to get past my prime, and yeah. he has to have felt like Rocky, and 
feeling like this was his one shot. And yeah, when he did that, when he like wrote it, he was inspired by a boxer named Chuck Wepner, whom he literally ended up stealing his life story from to write Rocky. The story of Chuck Wepner is just like that of Rocky, and I guess just like that of Sylvester Stallone, where this was like his last shot, and fucking Stallone is still cashing checks from this today, so <laughs> more power to him. It's so strange to watch this, because much like the Rocky franchise, he became a cartoon. I think he does a really good job like acting-wise in this. He's really like likable and really charismatic and very like screen commanding. Yeah, yeah. It just feels very, it feels kind of natural. I mean, I don't know, I, I got the feeling that I was just watching him. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Carl Weathers is great. It's funny because I don't really know him from much, you know, I mean, I saw Predator a long time ago and then he has this recurring role in the rest of development where he's just basically making fun of himself. This is the first time I've seen him in one of his like, iconic roles. I don't know if he ever did anything else. That the was... motherfucker was chiseled in this movie, too, man. He was in ridiculous shape. Well, he was representing America. So he was. Yeah. He, he, he came out as George Washington. Rocky had a $1 million budget and ended up making $225 million in the box office, which... <laughs> That'll make your career. Yeah. And by $1976, especially, that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. Adrian, though, not a very flushed-out character. I did kind of mention that earlier, uh... It is weird, like, I mean, I understand she's not the main character, but she's such a, we spend so much time with her, seeing her through Rocky's eyes, that it's kind of weird to see her completely loosen up after mm-hmm. they hook up. Yeah. You know, it, it's, she seems almost unrealistically shy in the first half of the movie, and in the second half of the movie, she is more of a normal person. It, it's it's hard to reconcile the woman from that first part of the movie with the woman that, from the second part of the movie. I, yeah. Again, just like in the fight at the end, I feel like we got cheated out of a couple scenes that would have fleshed that out a little better. Much like the date scene, a lot of the movie, especially with its PG rating, is stuff that you couldn't really get away with today. Like when Mick calls him a Dago or something, like he calls him a no good Dago. And the whole thing about Polly just being a drunk, but they don't really draw attention to it. It's like the way that was kind of viewed back then. It's like... Oh, um, he drinks. Yeah. Oh, he's a drunkard. He has episodes and he like breaks stuff. He's basically the the dad character from Boyhood, but just in a much more <laughs> subtle role. Right. He's not he's not judged as harshly. <laughs> the movie has a good amount of comedy too, which I didn't quite remember. Uh, it goes back to what you're saying though, just like naturability of Sylvester Stallone, and um, yeah, it's good. I don't know about ninety two percent. I think that's, but it's one of those movies like I can't really find too much to complain about other than. Some of the stuff doesn't age well. Yeah, but but you can say that about so many. I mean, it, just the way that the movie's made, you know, you're kind of like, oh, it's 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 kind of an old movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Be like if you remade the movie now, and I guess that's what Rocky Balboy. Is. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I was like, you know, the acting style and like the, the some of the sequences, the way they're shot. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you wouldn't see that now. It would be different. But no, I liked it. I liked it again. Knowing that where the franchise goes, I'm, I have no interest in watching any of the others, but. But I'm happy to cross this one off my list. Yeah, I was, I, I needed to. And uh, how did you I go so long without seeing it? Like many movies I haven't seen yet that are popular, I already know what happens. So there's a big element of surprise that's not there anymore. So it makes it easier for me to just keep putting it off. And also with popular movies, like especially older movies, uh, it's just kind of intimidating. <laughs> and you wouldn't think that would be intimidating by Sylvester Stallone's first movie, but <laughs> I was. Well, that was Rocky here on The Contrarians. We wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Hope it was a good one. Uh, if you're going to go on a date, have the turkey first. Don't let your brother like throw it out. Don't force the woman to staying in your apartment. Yes, that is not maybe. That flew on the 70s, but now... It's a different time. If she says she wants to go, she wants to go. Mm-hmm. 
just hop on Tinder. You'll find someone else pretty quickly. Yes. That's going to do it for us here on The Contrarians. We're right, you're wrong, and we'll catch you next time.